Hello, 24 Carat Tribe. How are you hey, today? <laughs> it's been a while. I feel like I feel like it's been forever. It really hasn't been that long, but it's been a it while. Been <laughs> Phyllis and I have recorded. Um, but we are excited to come with this episode this week. Uh, Michelle Donnelly is the president and CEO for Plus One Parents. She is passionate about helping others journey through the pain of divorce and single parenting. And so we are super excited to have her on. And I just yeah. found out that she is my neighbor, kind of like. She <laughs> really so, but she's could've. still a Cali girl. I, I've got the, the connection on both sides. It's so awesome. <laughs> I know. In pre-interview, we found out she is from uh, California. So that's just crazy um, how God yeah. works. So welcome to the show. I'm so thrilled to be with both of you. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So we kind of want to talk a little bit about, I mean, start with like your story and um, your journey through, you know, trauma, divorce, and all of that. So I'm just going to let you go ahead and start with telling us a little bit about you. Yeah, sure. So as you mentioned, I am from Northern California and I now have made my way out to Tennessee and there's a whole lot of story in between there. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> but as far as, you know, what's really central to where I'm at in life right now is that I found myself a single mom at 35, single mom of three. And completely unexpected to me. Um, although I think every, just about every single mother could say there was not a plan <laughs> for this yeah. season of life. Right. But in the midst of that, God has just done so much in my life to restore, not only what had occurred as far as the damage in the marriage, but everything prior up into that point. So while there was trauma that I experienced through the marriage and divorce, there was so much before that, that God went backwards with me over the span of like four years, but you know, that, that he healed and just completely did a work in my life. That's brought me to the point where I'm at now to where plus one parents has been established and the Christian single moms podcast. And just this renewed excitement for life and what life can look like in a season that you didn't plan for. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of stigma around divorce and being a single parent within the church. I mean, oh, yeah. I, I don't know about you. I grew up in church and so, you know, divorce, it's almost like you feel like you have this big D on your chest, you 100%. know, walking into to church. And so I think it's something that we have to start talking about and start helping people navigate through those kinds of seasons in their life. It's so true. And, you know, it's one of those things that we know inside and outside of the church, that the, the divorce rates are not what we would like them to be. Mm -hmm. But for us to have a healthy theology of marriage and healthy family, we have to understand mm -hmm. then the factors that go into divorce. And one of those being abuse and domestic violence. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. if we don't have a theology of abuse and how it's to be handled, and we don't then have a theology, also a developed theology of divorce, then we can't also understand what it is to promote healthy families. Because the fact of the matter is, while many of us would not have chosen to divorce, it's in some situations put upon us, or it's the only way out. Mm -hmm. And if people really understood the desperation of some of the situations that cause a marriage to break up, or in some cases where perhaps it wasn't a marriage, but there was a long-term relationship and there were children. But the fact that we don't 
we so often there's a judgment about how did you become this? How did you become mm-hmm. the single parent? And without really exploring the stories, it's like, well, you've got this letter on you and I don't want to get too close to that. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's like real messy. And it might bump up against, you don't want to catch it. No. <laughs> <laughs> and it might bump up against things that I'm like, I don't really know what God thinks about it. And so if I don't really know, or I think I know, then I don't want to get too close to that, but that's there's real life hearts and real life people that Mm -hmm. then are being backed away from because this is the situation they find themselves in. And regardless of how you got to this point, you're still as a single parent, a beautiful child of God Mm -hmm. with just imbued with dignity. And every person deserves the ability to walk into a church and be accepted and walk in that dignity. And so that's just something though, that I think God has uniquely set on my heart that as a single parent, I feel very much that I'd love to see a a thriving single parent community, obviously, but then also sort of be a, a guide alongside with leaders in the church or, you know, just an advocate really of saying, Hey, this is what the single parent experience is really like. This is what people in these situations are dealing with, because if you're scared to ask about it, that's fine. I will tell you about it. And if you can be a compassionate and curious listener, that's where we can begin. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. And also I think, um, too, I know personally some women that have gone through similar situations with like you have, and their husbands were the pastor of the church. Mm -hmm. So that's the other thing too, is that until we start to really, I think it goes deeper into really having these honest conversations and, and help for the people, the leaders in the church, as much as the parishioners in the church to really understand that there are some very major things going on in people's lives. We have to really get honest with it. And, um, and I think it's true too. I love that you say, you know, we're still a child of God. You know, I often tell people, um, So my divorce story was a very short-lived divorce, but I lost a child in the middle of that. Mm -hmm. So through the loss of my baby plus a divorce at 26 and Mm -hmm. not really how you had planned your life out to be. But now I, I have proof that God loves me because I've been married for 33 years this May Mm -hmm. with beautiful grown daughters, grandchildren, the whole nine yards. So it's like, I, I am walking that walk to, to realize that a marriage can be workable and beautiful and you can do it. He gives you another chance, right? And he does, uh, I think we put these labels on different things like abortion, divorce, you know, cheating, what there's just these different labels that we put on um, people in the church, but it's like, we just have to have honest conversations about relationships in general and life in general and also the do-over like yeah this gives you more chances he doesn't just give you one and say that's it you messed it up now you don't get another chance right mm-hmm. and we have to have more honest conversations in that in the church to realize like it's not really us to judge why or where or how it's just us to come alongside it I love it reminded me of um how we take care of the widows in the Bible, right? But we should be taking care of the women of the church that are single moms too. Mm-hmm. 
Come and really what that them. points to the, the characterization of the mm-hmm. widow is the vulnerable and scripture yeah. talks about that as the vulnerable. And I think that's one thing that if you sat with any single mother, there are places in her life where she feels vulnerable. Yeah. And I love what you're pointing to here though, because we can't be so reductionist with our issues and what we believe that we're afraid to get into the mess with the people who are living through these things. You know, we cannot just have a, you know, maybe whatever your theology or your beliefs about a particular subject are, there are still people living, breathing humans that that is touching their life in a way that you could not understand unless you're willing to sit next to them. And that's what Jesus did. Jesus modeled that for us, what it is like to sit down next to a person that you might not agree with their life, but in, in sitting with each other, there is beauty and there is just this fantastic unity that can come when we're willing to put away our preconceived notions about things and just get to know a person. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's, God is a God of restoration. Right. And so I think a lot of times like within the church, people think, well, God can restore it. Well, sometimes restoration means being apart from that person Mm -hmm. because it wasn't healthy because it wasn't good. And, you know, you, you, people have free will as well, you know? And so even though, you know, biblically we know God hates divorce, I don't think people staying in abusive marriages and relationships long-term is God's ultimate design for marriage, you know? Well, and that's, so you pointed to, uh, the scripture from Malachi Mm -hmm. about God hates divorce. And that's usually where people get caught on with this this subject. And even that, for example, if you looked at the ESV, the ESV does not translate it as God hates divorce. It says that he who divorces his wife covers her in violence so that the Mm. hatred is actually coming from the man towards the wife. But even in that context, it's talking about divorces that were done treacherously. So divorces where it was basically like, I'm trading you in for a newer model. Right. And if we looked at the totality of scripture, Jeremiah talks about God divorcing the nation of Israel Mm -hmm. for her infidelities. And there were times like in the book of Ezra where divorces were required because these Jewish men had married foreign wives and were turning them towards their foreign gods. Mm -hmm. So we have to look at the totality of scripture and what it is talking about in these subjects. Mm -hmm. And especially as you touched on with abuse, if you've got someone who is fully committed to exploiting a relationship and another person for their own selfish gain, the Bible calls us to step away from a person who's going to do that and to allow space where you can get to safety and where the Lord can work on that person's heart. And in that space is where it's truly revealed whether or not that person is going to repent and truly Mm -hmm. repent, not like, Oh, Mm -hmm. I want you back. So I'll change. I promise. And all that kind of stuff, like truly, truly have a change of heart because if they're continuing to walk in an evil path, the Lord tells us not to be unequally yoked with unbelievers. And yeah. if that person, though they may say they are a believer, yeah. is walking in step with evil, they are proving themselves a tree you know by its fruit. They are proving yeah. themselves to be something other than what they claim to be. 
what made you want to help others? What started that? The whole doing the, the plus one parents, you know, where this started from with me is I've had a lifelong love of writing and as I was going through the process of getting divorced, all the stuff I, like, I just like spouted at you was jumping off the page at me in the Bible, but I could not find resources anywhere. And I was like, surely like there's, there's somebody, some, you know, one place or one organization or something where this kind of stuff is readily available. And in the area of divorce and single parenting, there are great resources, but they're just very difficult to find. And they're kind of scattered all over the place. And where I am a researcher and I will go to the lengths to find these things. I know a lot of people that that is just not their way of approaching things. Mm. Um, maybe not even what their comfort zone is. And so in the midst of this though, part of how I process too is, is writing and journaling and things like that. And so I'd been a blogger in the past and I thought, okay, I'm going to just start putting this stuff out, put, you know, put, some blog posts together and, you know, whatever God will do with it is what he does with it. And I started getting responses from people saying, this is my experience too. Nobody's talking about stuff like this. Or I, I always wondered about that, you know, or, or that makes total sense to me at, you know, all these kinds of things. And, um, and, and just then as I continued to write and research, I did find more and more resources where, it just became clear that what we have been so long taught in our churches is incomplete. And that for though a voice to just rise up or voice says to rise up, a lot of times it does take a personal experience with these types of things for us to be sensitive to what the Holy Spirit would reveal in these areas. And in first Corinthians, well, I'm going to butcher it. Hang on. I got it right here. <laughs> it's, it's second Corinthians one, four, it says that God comforts us in our troubles mm -hmm. so that we then can comfort others mm -hmm. with the same comfort. And so as I continued to write and people were responding, I just had this sense of like, well, I, I suppose this is how I, you know, God's going to make some use out of my story, you know? And so writing though, became a Bible study that I published, became the Christian single moms podcast, became now this devotional that we've just released for abuse survivors. And it's just a stair-step approach of things that God lays on my heart. And then, you know, gives me the words to, to do something with them, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's just been so, so beautiful because as I have learned so much and received so much, uh, being able to return that back then and seeing how God is using that to work in the lives of other people. It's just like, it's so humbling. It's like, this is, this is not me. It's just the Holy spirit is coming, working through me and on outwards towards others. And, it, but to be a recipient, it's like, you're the pitcher, right? So mm -hmm. like it's poured into you and then you get to pour out. And it's right. like, it's just, it is the thing that makes it makes me able to look at all of the things that I've endured in my life and say, but God turns it all for good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
it's kind of the basis of our podcast, you know, it's around Job 2310, which says, for when he has tested me, I will emerge as pure gold. And I think when you go through those trials and those times of refinement, you have choices that you make, you know, you can either sit back and wither up and go in the corner and die, or you can share and help that sister that is on the floor and needs that hand up. And that is so beautiful because I don't think, I think in general, women aren't great at it. I don't think that they're great at lifting their other sister up. Um, But I think when we're able to do that, not only does that give us life, but then it's giving someone else life and it just keeps going. So that's amazing. And I don't want anybody to think that like, if you're in a heap on the floor, that there's something wrong with that though, Mm -hmm. because I was, I have been there. I get there sometimes still, you know, always. it is absolutely, we never arrive, you know? So as much as the Lord has been doing these things and he continues to do things, there's a lot of wrestling still. that I even still I'm going through, but I'm wrestling different things and I'm wrestling in different ways. And I'm able to be settled so much more easily because I've, the Lord and I have developed an intimacy over the last Mm -hmm. several years, especially, but over the course of my life where the trust becomes so much Mm -hmm. easier, becomes greater that the faith is there to lean into, to say, you were good before you will be good again. Yeah. 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 Cause I think when you hit it head on, you know, when you hit whatever trauma you've been going through head on, then you're able to actually like heal from those things. So you don't deal with the responses the same way that you would have dealt with it in the past. You just have a different way of dealing with it. Doesn't mean it doesn't hurt as bad. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've cried in my closet, you know, on the floor, on my face, (laughs) you know, and it doesn't mean that I'm not healed or that I'm not healing. It just means that, you know, I've still got more work to do. So, and on this side of eternity, we know we're never, we're never going to escape it, you know, and that's, that's the beauty of the hope we have in Jesus is there is a day where all of this, (laughs) these things that we go Mm -hmm. through, there is a day that, that it will be gone. Yeah. And as much as we'd like for that day to be right here, right now, there's still joy to be found in the process of being refined. Mm-hmm. And if we can, and you, you might pout about it, you know, but if they, eventually you can surrender and settle back into it, you know, he'll show you how much more he has ahead. Yeah. It's well, those painful times are necessary because it's such a growth spurt when you get yeah. to cry it out and then sit with it and go, okay. <laughs> yeah. But, and then also it gives you a heart for others when they're going through that, you totally understand it versus someone who's never really experienced that they don't have the same empathy. Yeah. Yeah, So what's the biggest misconception about being a single parent? You know, I think that a lot of people, I, I, I I thought this was a really great question because I had to actually go back to what I thought before I was a single parent. And this is a place the Lord humbled me because I did not think about single moms, single parenthood, didn't, didn't really pay much attention to it at all. And it was not until obviously being put in that seat that I saw how wrong I was. And so if I think back to, for example, what I thought about single parenthood at that time, I think number one, I probably had this conception that, well, more or less, like you probably just really messed up bad. And, you know, if you were a lot more faithful, if you'd been doing things the way that the Lord says to do them, like you probably wouldn't have ended up in that situation. Mm. And that's not true. But, you know, when it comes yeah. to now, 
you, you know, it, it's like, we are, I'm no more unique a sinner than anybody else because right. I'm a single parent. It's right. just that because I'm a single parent, you can presume that I have had some difficulty and you can presume that there has been some sin that has been involved in my life, but you don't have any awareness of what that has looked like and how that would stack up against anybody else. Who's got, you know, any other type of difficulty that they're dealing with. Um, I think I also thought that a lot of people that, that this journey was, um, that there wasn't nuance, that it was the same for everybody. You know, Mm -hmm. I I think that Mm -hmm. when we look at even the difference of how people become single parents from death or divorce, or perhaps we're never married. I think sometimes we just lump everybody into that pile and the experience is very different. It's unique. It's part of what makes it difficult because finding people who get you can be hard. It's part of what makes it beautiful because finding those people (laughs) makes you feel like you're so not alone. But I think that that is, um, I think it's oversimplified when we think about who the single parent is like, quote unquote, what they look like and what they need. And I think that's one of the, the biggest misses in the church, because if we're too afraid to get too close to a single parent, then we're also going to miss out though, on who they are as a person, what they have Mm -hmm. to contribute and just the, the beautiful place that that individual holds in God's heart and who they are to the body. And that is something that, you know, and I think sometimes too, we, we think about ministries in terms of like these buckets, like, okay, we have women's ministry and we have men's ministry and we have singles ministry and we have, you know, and, and sometimes it's like, but we were all meant to be in community together. Yeah. yeah. That's good. And, and our, our needs and our gifts were all supposed to be somewhat matched up that where I have needs, someone else has gifting and that where I have gifting, someone else has need. And for that to be the mechanism of how people find belonging, you know, when we look at Psalm 68, six, where it says that God places the lonely in families, that's how that gets enacted is through the, the, the matchup of needs and gifts. And so where I was most broken, I didn't feel like I had a whole lot to give. I did, but I didn't feel like it. And I didn't feel confident in being able to share it. But in meeting mentors and having great spiritual family around me who were able to fill in those places where I really needed support, it helped me to come alive. It helped me to, to start to heal and to recognize that I, I had gifting. I had a place. I was, I was unique and needed in the body of Christ, you know, and so many single parents though are hurt by the church in one way or another, continue to be hurt and then not feel like they have a place And so unfortunately it creates such a disconnect between Mm -hmm. the body and this particular, um, segment of people. And it's something though, that if we were, we we were so much more conscious of this community aspect, Mm -hmm. that there's so much beauty and unity and, uh, healing that is available to everybody. When we stop looking at a person in terms of, oh, you belong in this bucket and, start looking at them as an integral part of the body. It's it's almost like you're saying too, is then they don't have a voice. Mm -hmm. Voice isn't being heard. Right. Because you're labeling them as just that. 
And so then it, it's almost like telling them your, your worth is not matched up to what these other groups are. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And it's even worse to the point where it's like saying, oh, I know your story. Like you're a single yeah. parent. I know your story. Right. And it's like, no, no, they're all so different, right? Yeah. There's so much and so much pain, but so much God has done in the midst of each of these stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, and, and, you know, brokenhearted people, God is near to the brokenhearted, you know, mm-hmm. and I had, someone had told me once, you know, the Lord in a, a special and intimate way because of what you have suffered mm-hmm. and in ways that a person who has not suffered may mm-hmm. not have yet experienced God. And true. there's, and even in that, then it's, it's like the, the hope that I'm able to extend is because I have had to go toe to toe with number one, I've had to go toe to toe with evil, but I've yeah. also had to go toe to toe with the Lord and say, why, you know, mm-hmm. and what are you doing? And watched him start to work redemption in my life. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that is so beautiful. I mean, I just, I love what you said about, you know, being so close to God when you go through things like that. Um, you know, Phyllis and I both share in common that we both had children that passed away. Mm -hmm. And so that, you know, I can't relate to personally being divorced. I've had people close to me go through divorce and that's been really difficult. But yeah, you know, in that season, you know, I really literally felt like Jesus was carrying me through the whole yeah. thing because there's just no way. Yeah. I mean, some days I look back and I think, I don't even know how I got through yep. like <laughs> week one, yet alone, yeah. you know, yeah. 20 years later. So yeah, um, yeah. But I just, you've experienced like, loss. You've experienced the brokenness of this world and the things that we have to go through. Mm-hmm. And so, for example, like though you may be able to comfort me, for example, in the the realm that we've both lost something. You also though have a specific experience with God's comfort that makes you uniquely qualified for offering comfort to someone who's going through the same thing as what you have experienced. But to say, for example, though, like just the fact that there's been lost though, and there has been that experience of coming to the edge Right. You know, it's just mm-hmm. one of those things that you see your, you see life differently. You see eternity differently because you've gone through those things. And that's something that anybody who experiences loss can share with you. Yeah. And I'm sure you can relate to that kind of propels you into what God's really called you and your purpose is, yeah. you know? So for me, it's helping moms who've lost children for Phyllis, you know, she has an unmothered community because she had a d- difficult relationship with her mom. Mm-hmm. And for you, it's women who are divorced and single parents and dealing with abuse and, I just think that's, that's just absolutely yeah. beautiful how God redeems that, right? Mm-hmm. He redeems our stories and makes it beautiful. Um, so I have a question about your new book, your new devotional. Can you tell us a little bit about that and how that, yeah. how you decided to do that? Yeah. So the devotional is called safe Haven, a devotional for the abused and abandoned. And it is a recovery journey guide basically. So in the devotional, it's broken up into three sections. And the first one is about understanding the hurt of abuse from a biblical perspective. Um, as I said, you know, as I was going through my own healing journey, there were things in the word that were just jumping off the page at me. And I was like, Lord, why don't people talk about this? Why don't people know this? And so over time he revealed it was part of the revelation and the illumination for me was so that I would put that down in this book, Mm. you know? And so that's the, the stages though 
of understanding biblically where we do see this abuse appears in the Bible and it, and it, it says explicitly what God feels about abuse and how we are supposed to respond to it. And then the section, the second is about the hiding place, about how it is that we learn then to turn away from these things that have hurt us and to turn into God's protection. Very often, for example, if a person is able to leave an abusive relationship, there's still something, even if just emotionally, that keeps kind of pulling you back towards that person. And so it's learning how to instead turn to God in those instances. And then the last section is about the healing and being able to make some peace with the things that you have experienced and start to embrace the hope and the promises that God has and still has, though this might be part of your story, mm -hmm. that you can know that um, redemption is, is part of God's plan in leading you to healing and leading you through this experience. And so it's just sort of a stair-stepped approach and, you know, allows though tons of room. I, I didn't even make this, it's, you know, there's 21 entries, but it did not make this daily <laughs> because it was one of those things of like, you might read one of these things and have to sit with it for a week. Yeah, <laughs> it know? might take you 21 days to get through day one. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you know, so when we say devotional, it's not organized the same way as a traditional, you know, 30 day devotional plan or something. But it is a very short, bite-sized approach to each of these different areas. So as to allow room for the processing and the grief and to try to decrease that sense of overwhelm that sometimes keeps us from actually approaching these subjects um, and just, you know, kind of taking the, the veil off of this whole thing and just bathing the entire situation in the light of the word. That's so awesome. So is it out, is the book out already or yes. is it, okay? It just yep. launched, right? Okay. Yep. It launched at the end of January. So it's available in paperback, ebook, audible, um, or I should say audiobook because audiobook. it's not just audible. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so all the, the various, um, formats. Okay. That's awesome. So couple Final questions here. One, what would you tell your 22 year old self? Oh, oh, I look back at pictures of my 22 year old self actually. And I'm like, oh girl, like you did not know how treasured you are. Mm. I just think of like, I know what my mindset of life was like and how hard I was just wanting to be loved and accepted and how much I worried about whether or not I would be good enough for God. And just through the, this, the things that the Lord has walked me through and just how much of himself he's revealed throughout my entire life. It just, he just, he just shows me how much he delighted in me and I didn't know it, you know? And yeah. so I think that's just the biggest thing is like, oh, the Lord delights in you. That's beautiful. That is beautiful. Oh my gosh. Thank you. There's so many great nuggets. I I'm like, my mind is spinning because I'm like, this is so good. Such good stuff. Oh my God. Oh, your questions are so fantastic. <laughs> I just, and you know, it's just one of those things though, that it's like, this is a safe space, you know, because you all are journeying through life and are opening up those places where you have had, you know, woundings, but now are scars that you, you create just such a, 
a beautiful and authentic space to just like, let it all come out. Yeah, yeah It's okay. It's all right. Right. It's okay to be like real people. Isn't That's that, right. Isn't that amazing? Yes. Um, so where can they find you on social media? How can they connect with you? How can they listen to your podcast? Get yeah. a book, all of that. Yep. So on Facebook and Instagram, we are at plus one and that's all spelled, sorry, at plus one dot parents. And that's all spelled out. Um, and then I host the Christian single moms podcast, and that's a weekly podcast and then blog as well. And other resources at plus one parents.org. Gosh, well, thank you so much for being on today and 24 oh Carats. Thank you for having me. Oh my gosh. So fun. It was so awesome. Good. It was awesome. <laughs> and 24 Carat Tribe, thank you for joining us today. And don't forget to check out our social media on Facebook, on our Facebook page, 24 Carat Conversations, and on our Instagram. And until next time, sparkle on. Bye. Bye. Bye.